Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to the Pugilistic Linguistics Show. I am your host, Michael Foster, and well, today we're going to be on uh, a little bit different track than what I originally anticipated. Uh, this will be Colin Kaepernick, uh, Colin and the Giant Flagpole Part 2, but based on a few um, events that happened over the last evening, I may have to adjust this a little bit. So, But before we get there, again, welcome. Uh, I'm glad you're here. Uh, I'm glad you are uh, choosing to spend your time with me. Jose Fernandez, he was a pitcher, ace pitcher, star pitcher for the uh, Miami Marlins, killed overnight in a boating accident, 24 years old, just announced that his uh, girlfriend, wife, fiance, I'm not really sure, but just announced five days ago that she was expecting their first child. Signed a $100 million contract over the winter. Man seemed to have everything in front of him. Taken. Uh, As a baseball fan, as a person who has seen him pitch, um, I'd like to give my condolences to his family. Uh, The baseball community has lost one of their own. And again, uh, watching him, he had a, a, a seemingly zeal for life. He seemed to enjoy himself. At all times. It's always tragic when you lose someone unnaturally. uh, But it's also definitely a tragedy when you see someone who lived life to the fullest, at least on the field, lose his life accidentally. But that is that event is what shifted the focus of my topic this evening. In watching ESPN during the course of the day, uh, this, of course, was a leading story. And Buster Olney, who is a baseball, uh, he covers baseball for ESPN. He was asked about a story he could tell. And uh, long story short, uh, the Marlins and the Braves played uh, a game at Fort Bragg, North Carolina on the 4th of July. They built a stadium from the ground up. You know, they had all the military, planes overhead, the whole nine yards. And Buster tells a story about how Jose Fernandez, during the national anthem, was the most resolute person out there. Uh, At attention, hand over his heart, focus on the flag, uh, even more so than the people in the stands. And the thing about that story, that hit me. Hard, and I'll tell you why. The thing about the national anthem and Colin Kaepernick and other things I'll touch upon in a few moments is the fact that that song and what it represents represents different things to different people. Jose Fernandez, a Cuban defector who came to the United States in high school, played his ball in Tampa, drafted by the Marlins, so on and so forth. A Cuban defector 
the national anthem meant to him a freedom from oppression. Colin Kaepernick, a resident of the United States, to him, it represented an oppression of his freedom. Think about that. The Cuban defector saw the anthem as a freedom from his oppression, whereas Colin saw that as an oppression of his freedom. And the thing about it is they both can exist in the same space. They can mean different things to different people. What we need to do is get Colin and folk that believe as he does, and there are a lot of us, and I said us, there are a lot of us. We need to get him back into the fold, so to speak. The thing about it is the reason why we miss each other so much is because instead of listening to what's being said, We focus on how it's said. See, the thing about it, Colin didn't ask for this. He only answered when he was asked. The reason why I say get us back in the fold is because we, and when I say we, the people who feel as Colin does, and it ain't just black folk, people that feel as Colin does, We feel like aliens. We feel like visitors to our own country. The reason why that's the case is because the ones who are to detract from the statement that he's trying to make treat our experiences as if they aren't valid. Charlotte. Over the weekend, Charlotte, North Carolina, over the weekend, is an illustration of what we're talking about. Another black male killed in the streets. Uh, I did speak upon that during the week when I dropped these podcasts, but I've done a little research on the story, and I feel confident enough to say that... He did not have to die the way he died. Tulsa over the past weekend, or the previous weekend, the police officer said she felt threatened, scared as she ever was in her life. Yet she left the relative safety of her cover and approached the man that she felt made her as scared as she ever was in her life. Basically putting herself in a situation that she would have to shoot her way out of. When you minimize a person's experiences or their feelings, you get this fractious, contentious debate that's going on today. You may not have grown up the way I did. 
I may not have grown up the way you did. But who am I to tell you how you're supposed to feel when given a stimulus of some kind? Who am I to tell you that your experiences and the way you feel about them aren't valid? Who am I? You may not like green beans because when you were a child, you had a traumatic experience with the green bean. As silly as I may think that is, that's valid to you. Who am I to tell you how you need to act? I don't like rioting. I think it is counterproductive. And I also think that to the ones who want an excuse to minimize the underlying cause, it gives them one. See, when you tear up stuff, the people who want to believe that of you will point to the destruction of property as opposed to addressing the reason why they felt the property destruction was necessary. I don't like rioting. But I'll also say I understand where that comes from. Martin Luther King had a statement, uh, I'm paraphrasing here, something along the lines of a, a riot is the language of the oppressed. When you are ignored, when you are marginalized, when you are uh, cast aside repeatedly, rioting is the way you feel you can get attention. I don't agree with rioting. I understand where it comes from. But who am I to say that their feelings aren't valid. See, you, 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 you speak about or speak against rioting. We need to find a better way to protest. We need to find a more civil way to protest. Okay, so we kneel, we sit, and we raise our fists. And then that's something wrong. So which is it? You don't want us to tear stuff up, yet still we can't sit here and, and quietly protest. So basically, we just need to shut up. Jose Fernandez saw that song, that flag, that whatever, as a freedom from his oppressors in Cuba. Colin Kaepernick sees that as an oppression of his freedom in the United States. And the killer part about it is they're both correct. How do we get out of this? Well, first of all, I was speaking to a friend of mine earlier today, a white guy, and he freely acknowledges his privilege. Now, let me explain something about white privilege. And, 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 and before you all get up in arms, you need to hear this. White privilege simply means that there are certain things that white folk can do in this country that others can't. And if you're honest with yourself, you could say he got a point there. 
I remember specifically when Clifford Bundy in Nevada, I believe, was having that issue with his with his cattle on federal lands, and it turned into this almost Ruby Ridge type thing again. I remember seeing pictures of his supporters on scene aiming automatic weapons at federal agents with nothing happening to them. That's white privilege. Because by all accounts, Philando Castile had a permit to carry a weapon and may have had it on his lap. That has not come out yet definitively, but had a permit for the weapon and was not pointing at anyone and died in the passenger seat of this car. John Crawford III in Beaver Creek, Ohio, was in a Walmart with an air rifle in his hands in the air rifle aisle. And the police got on scene and shot him within seconds of walking in the door. White privilege. So a friend of mine freely acknowledges his privilege. He knows there are certain things that he can do in this country that I can't. So he said, you know, why is it? Why is it like this? And I'll tell you, more people do not acknowledge their privilege because as soon as you acknowledge it, and continue to benefit from it, then you become a part of the problem. The thing about the privilege, as soon as I realize I can do something that someone else can't do and should be able to do, it is my responsibility, them, to the point where I am. That's equality. When you realize that there are two sets of rules in this country, at least two sets of rules in this country. When that becomes a part of your conscious thought, and then you continue to benefit from it without trying to bring someone up to your level, then you become a part of the problem. See, most folk won't realize or acknowledge their privilege because at that moment, they are now on the clock. At that moment, they now are aware. And if they continue, then they are complicit. So the thing about it is, we get or we get away from where we are. And I think I kind of touched upon this uh, a few days ago. We get where we are two ways. One, the simplest, well, actually three ways. One, the simplest way, hire better people to police us. Hire better people. There used to be a time uh, in talking to some old heads that you needed a college degree. You needed something uh, military back something to be able to be a police officer. I acknowledge that I do not know what the current requirements are. All I can go off of is what I see the people do that are hired for that job. So first, we, I think we need to hire a better caliber of person. Secondly, we need to go back to the times to where police officers walked a beat. As off the wall as that sounds. 
the police that patrol an area need to learn and meet the people in that area. It does, you cannot police a people. You cannot serve and protect someone you've never met. And I'm not saying you got to forge a personal relationship with every single person in the room. But what I am saying is you should at least know when Miss Green live on that porch or live on that house. And she sits on the porch on, on summertime mornings and has a – you should at least know the people you pass. It's a whole lot harder to murder someone when you know their mama. It's a whole lot harder to shoot up a car when you've seen that baby in the back seat playing in a fire hydrant on a Saturday afternoon. Conversely, the community needs to learn the police officers that are in that area because they need to be seen as more than people that just come around when something goes south. When something goes sideways, then you see them. Try to take somebody to jail, then you see them. There's a rampant distrust that leads to a reason why you don't get much cooperation when uh, some savage shoots up a block. I don't trust Officer Bob. I never see Officer Bob except when he got his gun out in my face. So there needs to be some community, or better yet, there needs to be some unity in the community between police officers and the residents. That helps. Third way we dismantle this is for the people with the privilege to begin to speak out against the atrocities that they will not personally have to deal with. Mike Dicker, uh, ex-Bears coach, chimed in on the Colin Kaepernick thing, and he came as regular and as, as, as obvious as most of them do. You don't like this country, leave, you need to stand, and, and you, don't, you need to be quiet, and just then the third, yada, yada, yada. That is the standard one-two punch of the ones who have no empathy. I used the word empath, empathy last time. See, the thing about it, Mike Dicker, besides the fact that he's one of the most, he, he's one of the biggest failures as a coach out there, there's no reason why he should only won one Super Bowl with that team. He should have won at least three, but I digress. Besides that, he is a 75-year-old white man who will never, ever have to experience what Colin Kaepernick or what um, Michael Bennett from the Seahawks or what I would or what anybody else would uh, have to encounter. Consequently, it's easy for him to say that. Uh, I bring up Michael Bennett from the Seahawks. He said, in order for this movement to really take hold, some prominent white people are going to have to jump in. Now, as 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 much as it pains me to agree with that, it's the truth. 
yes, we can we can protest, we can do what we do, and we can actually start to to uh, build a conversation and and actually get to some uncomfortable questions. Yes, but until a Tom Brady or an Aaron Rodgers or a Peyton Manning or whatever or whoever really steps up and says, hey, what's going on in this country isn't right. Until that happens, this slowly building movement is just going to be on a slow burn and eventually we'll get there. A Tom Brady, an Aaron Rodgers, a Peyton Manning, that's lighter fluid. He, they hit that, boom, it goes up, and now they have to discuss it. So in order for this to really hit home, one, the cops got to stop killing us. Okay? I mean, it doesn't, get any, it doesn't get any simpler than that. As long as we die in the streets at the hand of people who are sworn to serve and protect, this will never get any better. So for one, we got to stop dying at the hands of police. Two, we got to hire a better quality of people. That kind of that's kind of like one A almost. A better quality of people might handle situations a little differently. And again, I am not speaking about the police officers that do their job. Unfortunately, there may come a time in their line of work where they may have to take a life. I get that. I'm not naive enough to say there is no reason why it should ever happen. That's not how I get down. But before you take a life, you better make damn sure that that's the only option you have remaining. Three, we need to get the people with the privilege to begin to dismantle that privilege. That's the only way we get to where we need to be. Bomani Jones, somebody I have never met before. I would love to sit down and chop it up with him a little bit. Um, tweeted something, I believe it was yesterday. Uh, Bill Nunn. I believe it was Bill. Yeah, Bill Nunn. Played Radio Raheem on Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing. Now, if you've never seen Do the Right Thing, you need to look at it. You need to watch it. It is a great movie. It is exactly what's going on today. Long story short, Radio Raheem uh, is a neighborhood hair. He's almost, first of all, Do the Right Thing is like almost like a Greek tragedy, okay? Like a classic Greek tragedy. The, it takes place over the, the course of one day in a neighborhood in Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn, uh, diverse. You have your 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 resident black folk. You have the yuppies moving in. You've got Sal and his pizza shop, and the Italians that grew up in this area. You have this you have this melting pot of people in one area. And then you got Ossie Davis and Robin uh, Harris at the corner as like the the Greek chorus. They're the ones uh, who basically push the story along. Long story short, Radio Raheem walks up and down the street during the course of the day, radio on his shoulder, blasting public enemy, doing the right thing. And towards the end of the movie, 
in a confrontation with police, he is murdered, which set off that powder keg of a neighborhood that had been brewing during the course of that day. In the movie, explained to be the hottest day of the year. Radio Rahim, Bill Nye. It's ironic that Bill Nye, who played that character, whose death and do the right thing at the hands of the police that set off a riot, died because in a twisted type thing, the man who played the character that started a riot or or whose death started a riot died while Charlotte is in a riot for the exact same reason. See, that's next level. That is irony on top of irony. Our cities burned. Our cities burned in the 60s. Our cities burned in the 20s. Rosewood, Tulsa, Cicero, Illinois. Our cities burn figuratively and literally these days because you have a pissed off populace that are tired of dying at the hands of the people who take an oath to protect them. If I live in the hood and I get robbed, hell, if I live in the suburbs and I get robbed, and the police are killing folk, who the hell am I going to call? story a couple of days ago, and I forgot the city, but uh, a black man called the police because he had been assaulted, and he gets assaulted by the police. What kind of perversion is that? So we got to get past this, y'all. We don't need any more Radio Raheem's. We don't need any more. We got it. We get the point. Something's got to change. No more innocent blood needs to be shed in order to make some changes. And look, this ain't got nothing to do with Hillary Clinton, nothing to do with Donald Trump, nothing to do with any of these other folk out there that's running for anything. This starts in our communities within ourselves. Police officers out there, you have to make it. I get it. Your job is to get home to your family every day. I get that. But you know what? I deserve to get home to my family too, especially if I, if I do you no harm, especially if I intend to do you no harm. And how am I supposed to know I'm intending to do That's your job to know. That's your job to figure it out. You can't be quick on the trigger because you're nervous. I get it. Being a police officer is a hard job. But guess what? It's a job you chose. You didn't get drafted to be a cop. You chose that. There are things you can do to make 
us all better. Hire better people. Patrol your neighborhoods. Learn your communities. Community, learn your police officers. And the people with the privilege needs to start to dismantle that privilege. We all deserve what you all get. We all deserve it. So in closing, this ain't going to be popular. This ain't going to be a popular one. I know that. This is how I'm feeling. This is what's on my heart. But I really believe that it's going to get worse before it gets better, but it will get better. Uh, I'm going to get a little lighter in the next few uh, shows, uh, something that's been sitting on my mind. But in the meantime, ruminate on what I said. Uh, i got a comment section. Speak on it. You find me on Facebook. Speak on it. You see me in the streets. Speak on it. I'm willing to talk about this issue. How do we get here? How do we get there from here? But in closing, I'll say what I say. Take care of yourself, because you all you got.